It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill necessarily the views of this station management or staff since individual situations can and will be different please remember this when exercising any options presented by our guests success is equated with success the ambition for excess wrecks us as the top of the mom becomes the bottom line where success is equated with excess this is money talks with capstone wealth management bringing life back into balance with a more thoughtful approach to wealth management now from capstone wealth management Here's Chris Klein on the big 1070, 1070 AM and 100.9 FM. Welcome in. I am Mike Pilch along with Chris Klein of Capstone Wealth Management, taking you through the week that was the world of finance. And as always, the best advice you can find for an investor. Capstone Wealth Management, a private fee-only financial planning and investment management service. So if you need a financial plan, they're going to build it. Then they'll help you monitor and maintain it through smart investment management. Number of ways you can get in contact with them at 866-596-9886. That's 866-596-9886. Or you can send them an email, info at careformywealth.com. That's info at careformywealth.com. I bring in the man whose name is on the show, Chris Klein. Welcome into your own program. Good morning and top of the balmy day to you. Oh, man, I wore shorts yesterday, let me tell you. <laughs> that actually makes me laugh. I was on the phone with Alan, uh, our, my partner, and he, of course, is in our Lakeland office. And uh, I told him, I said, yeah, this past week I've needed a hat. He said, well, it's a little chilly. I said, air temps and wind chills somewhere in the tune of minus 50. And he mm. just couldn't get his head around that. Like, wait, what? What do you mean minus 50? Oh, I know I know somebody get there? <laughs> I know somebody who lives in California who can't get his head around 20, let alone yeah. minus 20 or minus 30. Yeah. I know. I know. It's crazy. So, yeah, all sorts of things happening across our fruited plain that seem to be difficult for many to get their heads around, including things going on in the market. There, there, I see what you did there. There always are. I was going to say, I read a story about a guy who's a baseball writer who's from Australia. He's from Melbourne. 
and he had gone home for much of the off season, and it was like you know it's summer there, so it's like ninety degrees in Melbourne, ninety five, and I think the yeah. heat index is around one hundred and twenty. And he flew back, and he was in Wisconsin, and it's minus thirty. So he saw about a one hundred twenty degree difference that he lived in. Like crazy. In actual air temp. And then if you take into account the heat index and what it felt like here at minus 50, it was like a 170 degree turnaround. It's extraordinary. <laughs> and you can live in both of those climates. I know it. I know it. It's just, uh, you know, hey, if you don't like the weather, wait a day. It'll change. <laughs> You're right. Uh, and that's the way the markets are, too. See what I did there? Um, Indeed. Yes. Very nice. It hasn't been too I, bad. In fact, I, I'd say it was relatively quiet for the week in a way. But. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess we're going to talk a lot about the Roth IRA because you have a lot of stuff in there, and that, that affects many people. Before we do that, though, let's get to the jobs numbers here and what's going on with that. Jobs numbers, yeah. Gosh, I don't know. Can you get much better of a report? I mean, I think analysts were expecting like 165. The report came out at 304. I know there were lots of people that were expecting the numbers to be, I think, quite a bit different because of the government shutdown. Yeah. Um and so, I don't know, for the most part, it just doesn't appear that the, uh, the shutdown dramatically affected the, uh, the number, which, which tells me that there's lots of people, you know, headed back to work. Um, the unemployment rate climbed from, I think, 3.9, which was expected, to 4. Uh, I, I sort of view that as more of a positive than a negative. One, some of that might have been because of, you know, the partial government shutdown, but some of that also might be people just coming, continuing to come back into the job market. Yeah. It's a strong environment. And if you talk to business owners, um, and if you have nothing to do and like to sit in on some of these uh, conference calls that publicly traded companies are having around their earnings announcements, mm-hmm. which is a ton of fun, I'd, my dad. <laughs> I don't believe you, but go ahead. Yeah, if you do that, you'd hear them... And, you know, you hear them continually talk about how strong the jobs market is. And, and um, I, you know, I guess for lack of a better uh, point, that it's getting a little bit tough unless, you know, you're willing to kind of pay up and, and provide certain benefits and things of that nature. So it's You mean tough to find people willing to work certain jobs you, is what you mean? Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, it's definitely a worker's market. I mean, okay. if, if you want a job, I think you can probably find one. But over and above that, the degree of skilled labor that has the ability to sort of write their own ticket, I think is becoming more and more evident. And that's the sort of stuff that probably would get the Fed a little bit nervous more than anything. But, you know, with some of the uh, things that happened this week, of course, the Fed decided Mm -hmm. uh, that they, one, are not going to raise interest rates, uh, and two, that they were going to be very flexible in their words, with their balance sheet. Now, on one hand, I I applaud that because, as I've said in the past, they've got a number of different tools that they can use to control monetary policy, the most primary of which is is interest rates and, and, you know, the the, the flow of money. The second one, of course, is their balance sheet that they've accumulated from the, the financial crisis. And one of the problems that we've been talking about is how they've been using both of those tools at the same time versus just one, let it normalize, and then see what can develop from there. So we went from prior to the end of the year a Fed that said, look, we've got at a minimum two more interest rate hikes and a continuation of $50 billion a month rolling off our balance sheet. And they were adamant about it. Hmm. There was 
there was no there was no room for conversation until the crash happened, right? Yeah. Market market fell apart right around Christmas time and then it seemed as if some of the Fed governors, including Mr. Powell himself, were having some speeches and conversations that suggested that perhaps they were going to be a little bit more mm-hmm. open-minded and more data-dependent like they had said they would be. And so here we went from a no-holds-barred two interest rate hikes no matter what in 2019 and roll off the bonds at $50 billion a month at the end to no interest rate hike and, hey, we're going to be really, really, really flexible on this whole balance sheet thing. Markets loved it. You know, <laughs> the market rallied really hard on that news. When it came out on uh, on Wednesday, um, you know, the S&P was up like 1.5% on that particular day, and the NASDAQ uh, was up like 2.25% that day. You've had some really good earnings numbers coming through from companies like Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, companies like Apple. Um, I mean, there's just, there's you mean number- Apple's not dying? Oh, my gosh. I know. It's interesting with Facebook because that's like the good positive news for them in a while. Well, it is. It seems to I mean, be their anyway. Their stock has gotten completely obliterated from the top. You know, the top was put in, and you know, towards the end of July at about two seventeen, and it hit a bottom of about one twenty three. Mm. So it was a huge swoon for the stock, and you know, since of course it's it's started to recover, it had a huge day on on Thursday when they announced their earnings numbers. But you know, nevertheless, what's good about that, as we've said for a long time, that. A market that is fairly healthy will typically be led by technology to one degree right. or another. And a couple of shows ago, I mentioned how semiconductors had started to really, really, really uh, move to the, the upside and get some interesting developments with some of the individual names and some really good earnings numbers that were starting to come out. And, and so seeing that kind of leadership is a positive thing and – it, it, it appears to be continuing again, based on the, uh, the, the the earnings numbers that we're seeing. Um, and I said just a minute ago, well, the one thing that can probably cause the Fed to get a little bit uh, a little bit nervous and snarky is, oh, the, the labor market is so strong mm-hmm. that we've got to slow it down, right? And so, and that it can point, only go down go, from here. It's some, yeah, at some point, we're going to go into a development where bad news is bad news whereas sometimes bad news is good news. Right. You know, and right now we're in the environment, or we had been in the environment where bad news was good news because it it basically meant that, for the most part, the Fed was probably going to back off and, you know, not, uh, not do what they always have done in the past, and that's blow up economic expansion and ultimately hurt the market. <clears throat> and, uh, and they proved that on Wednesday by basically backing off. Mm-hmm. So... For us, that gives a very uh, clear sky in terms of the ability to repack portfolios and start to, you know, move the needle and, and fly along the ways that need to be flown in a, in, a, in a market like this. Leadership will continue to develop as this environment heals. And I think what most people are right now having a difficulty getting their heads around is the fact that we have really experienced one of these pretty rare V-bottoms, right? The market dropped like a rock throughout basically all the fall, but absolutely December. And and yet during all that time, as I had said during the shows that we were doing 
around that environment was that there's just not any economic data to support the kind of movement that we're seeing in this market. And typically speaking, if you get a crash like what we experienced and you get a drawdown of, 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 of investment assets like what markets did throughout the fall, it oftentimes is followed by some degree of, of negative economic news or negative economic activity. Mm-hmm. One of the mantras that we've used in the past is that news has a tendency to follow price. And I don't know if that needs any explanation, but movement of price in the market, in other words, what are things trading at, is the mm-hmm. confluence of, of, of fear and greed, the confluence of all available knowledge at any one given time. And so price movement is a very, very, very intelligent um, marker as it relates to economic activity. And so oftentimes when we see prices move like what we saw them move, I start to get really, really nervous, one, because the fact that price has a ten- or that news has a tendency to follow price, but the economic data and all the details and the stuff going on under the hood and and just everything that we were watching had zero support for what prices were doing. And so what's happened is we've, we've, we've been able to go through this fairly quick recovery. Now, there's more recovery to happen to be able to get back to, you know, the October highs, to be mm-hmm. sure. But if you were to look at a chart of the major markets, the S&P, the NASDAQ, the Dow, whatever it might be, if you put your hand over what happened in December, the only thing that the market now looks like is this rounding bottom. And a rounding bottom can be very, very healthy. It washes out some weak players, and the crash certainly did that. I mean, it, it just got rid of it got rid of weak individual investors that just couldn't hold through a seriously volatile environment, right? And that's unfortunate because, ordinarily speaking, when people unwind, they do it at the height of fear. Mm-hmm. They do it at the height of nervousness. They do it at exactly the wrong time. And based on the volume numbers we saw on December the 24th and December the 26th, that's exactly what happened. It's really it's, survival of the fittest within markets, yeah, within investors, I guess. And it, it just, it's so unfortunate that, that the emotion of what goes on with price, and then, of course, followed with the never-ending drumbeat from you know, financial news media, that it scares people away from what their original plan was. And, and I get it. I mean, I, I understand the emotion of investing. I understand the fear of what goes on in investing. But, you know, at the same time, to just take the entire strategy that you would have implemented and chuck it out the window is, is usually not a great idea. Now, can you adjust the strategy? Sure. Can you add some new tools to it that are being developed as time progresses? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's face it. Technology keeps getting better and better and better and faster and faster. By the hour. So you can sit around and just look at markets and look at everything that goes on within the financial world the same way our grandfathers did and say, well, it's always worked that way, so that's the only way I'm going to do it. Or you can say, I'm going to continue with what I'm doing, but I'm going to keep adding to my arsenal so that I can continue to keep up with the ever-changing environment of computerization. And, Mike, I'm here to tell you, there are a lot of people that don't like to hear that. No. There are a lot of... No. The world's changing, and they're scared. It is. There's a lot of people that right now really hate to hear the degree to which computers are and have been impacting markets. And, 
I get it. It's not fun to hear this almost Orwellian picture development mm-hmm. in front of you that, that these creepy computers are going to take over the world kind of thing. But when it comes to money, okay, fine. Do you, do you want to be taken advantage of by that, or do you want to be ahead of the curve and, and move past it? I, we would choose to move past it. And so we continue to implement tools and strategies that, that help us be quicker with reading momentum and what's happening in markets so that we can, we can take advantage of it you know, versus the opposite. Nobody ever wants to be taken advantage of by the market. We, we want to get past it. But nevertheless, the markets have continued to heal very, very nicely. You know, there was a fairly profound statement that somebody threw out on, on Twitter, which I couldn't help but retweet, and that is that the market can stay overbought longer then shorts can remain solvent. Hmm. And, the, and the reason why I thought that was so incredibly important to understand is that you're hearing on TV and radio right now, and if people are reading financial news of any kind, it's, it's certainly littered within there, that, oh, this market is overbought, it has to correct again. This market is overbought, it's got to slow down. This market is overbought, a V-bottom is rare. It, it's always something on the heels of the market is overbought, the market is overbought. Yeah. The market is overbought. Hmm. But guess what? Markets have a tendency to be supremely adept at making the best of investors look goofy from time to time. Yep. <laughs> it's kind of their first so and foremost job. That probably, yeah, we have to recognize that probably the strongest, the, the best thing that can happen is be in an overbought market and then let it stay there. I mean, hmm. there's nothing wrong with that, right? as long as we continue to get good economic data that is supporting the movement of what's going on. And, of course, it's the constant drumbeat of what's going on with trade, the constant drumbeat of what's going on in, around, or through governments, mm-hmm. right? So we've got a few updates on some of the trade stuff that uh, I think are valuable, and we've got a few updates on some of the sectors that we think are probably going to start to uh, to, to, to lead uh, the the environment that we're in, um, we've talked a little bit about that in the past, and and then yeah, as you had said, as we started the show, I, I just want to chat about some some Roth IRA stuff so that people listening can come to understand, you know, maybe the value of of what that is and how it works. All right, he is Chris Klein, the Care for My Wealth guy, Capstone Wealth Management. You can get in contact with him at eight six six five nine six ninety eight eighty six. That's 866-596-9886. Also, send him an email to get in touch with him, info at careformywealth.com. That's info at careformywealth.com. This is Money Talks with Capstone Wealth Management on the Big 1070, 1070 AM and 100.9 FM. I am Mike Pilch along with Chris Klein of Capstone Wealth Management. They're a private fee-only financial planning and investment management service. So if you need a financial plan, they're going to build it. Then they'll help you monitor and maintain it through smart investment management. 866-596-9886 is the phone number to get in touch with them. That's 866-596-9886. You can also send them an email, info at careformywealth.com. That's info at careformywealth.com. I know you've been reacting to some tweets this week, but you also entered, or I should say, wrapped up that last segment talking about sectors showing some momentum and leadership right now in the markets. Yeah, uh, so there's a number of different things. The last week and a half, um, 
week and a couple of days, there's been certainly some interesting developments. One of them is in China. Um, I've talked about this a little bit in that, in fact, you, you might remember when the market was just completely getting pounded here in the United States. I made a comparison with what was going on in the Chinese markets. And I said, you know, they're starting to show more relative strength. And so wouldn't it be just like markets for one of them or more of them, whichever it might be, um, to do well when nobody expects it to? Mm. And certainly, you know, given the trade situation with, with China and, you know, the uncertainty that's wrapped around that and the March 1 deadline and all those kinds of different things, I don't know that there are a lot of people that would sit back and say, oh, yeah, China's the place to be. I mean, no. I, there may be there may be several who look at that and say, yeah, you know, long term, it's probably still a great, great play. But, you know, the, the, their market had been certainly entrenched within a bear market until recently. And they broke through a pretty significant downtrend that I think has changed the characteristic of the Chinese market. Um, there's a, a number of different ways that you can track their market. I, I wouldn't, at least for us, I would not suggest buying Chinese securities, at least individual stocks. I, I, I think that's a hmm. potential recipe for disaster. Definitely risky, just, yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, it carries a number of different risks for clear and obvious reasons. You know, you you have to rely on the earnings of that company and, well, I'm not so sure that we can rely specifically yep. on individual company data if, in fact, it has any uh, input from the state. Yep. So, nevertheless, a, a an easier, certainly less risky way to play it is through an exchange-traded fund or something like that, or an index fund or something along those lines. So, I do think that the I do think that there has been a significant change in character as it relates to the Chinese market. Now, what's going to happen? Hard to say. I think that if we get a trade deal done, it's clearly going to positively affect that market. Um, it, it, it went through basically last Thursday, not not as in like two days ago, but previous Thursday. Right, right. It went through a, a, a trend that had been in place since their market topped out, which was basically at the beginning of, of 2018. And ordinarily, when you see a market break through those kinds of, of what we call levels of resistance, it opens up the eyes of, of institutional investors. I mean, their algorithms and their computers are all watching this stuff, right? It, nothing is hidden, so to speak, from, from these big organizations with lots of money to deploy. And so when that happens, you have a tendency to really experience a change in nature of those markets. Now, is it possible that we could see the Chinese market pull back a little bit and then take off? Yeah, of course. You know, it's, I wouldn't expect it to go straight up. I'd mm -hmm. expect it to go right now. I think the change of character in that market is now biased to the upside, but just in an up and down fashion, like what most markets would, you know, go through if in fact they've had a change in character. So you can follow it through an exchange traded fund. There's several that are out there. iShares carries one, symbol FXI. That isn't a suggestion you go buy that or anything. I'm just giving you examples. There are a number of mutual funds that uh, follow the um, that follow the Chinese market as well. Um, and so, who knows? It, this is something that I think is still developing, um, but it certainly caught my eye. Another thing that has 
been a very recent development, and we haven't talked about this for some time, our precious metals, specifically speaking, gold. I uh, talked about it a little, I think, last week, but other than that, yeah, it's been a long time. It's been a long time, you know, and, and you can go back and look at gold. And here, and you know what's interesting is I remember doing a radio show, and I said, well, if I were a betting man, I think gold just went through a serious long-term top. Yeah. And, and that was back all the way back in 2011. Yeah, okay. I remember you kind of speaking similar things like four years ago here. Yeah. And I said, so I said, if I'm an investor, which I am, I don't think I want to be putting money into gold or precious metal types assets right now because this just doesn't look good. This is the kind of thing that you would ordinarily see when a market tops out. Well, sure enough, you know, at that time, gold had basically been priced at about 1800 bucks an ounce. And it's not seen that since the top, which was put in place back in, you know, fall of 2011. Well, just recently, as in like this past week, the gold market broke through a extremely significant downtrend. Hmm. And, and typically speaking, again, no one... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill that major institutions pay very careful attention to this stuff, that their algorithms are driven in such a way to see and identify when, when certain sectors start to exhibit signs of leadership or break through certain resistance levels or break above certain forms of, of downtrends or if the opposite of that, of course, is they've fallen through an uptrend of some kind. And gold has recently done that. So... That's not to suggest you should be running out there and buying gold. I don't think that's a great idea, but I do think that there's an opportunity for a piece of a portfolio to make some money in dollar-denominated gold-type assets. So, for example, you can track this through the Spider Gold Trust, which is symbol GLD. There are a number of uh, different uh, mutual funds in the system that, that, of course, will track gold as well. <clears throat> Should you be putting all your eggs in that thing? No, that, that'd be silly. But is it a possibility that this significant change of characteristic might, in fact, cause precious metals to finally? <laughs> I mean, it's been a really long, difficult market for precious metals holders. Is it highly possible that we've seen a, a significant change in character in the gold market where we could? see and experience some, uh, you know, some upside movement in this? And, and the answer is, yeah. When was the last time you saw that kind of upside movement in precious metals? Years. Like a decade almost? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the last time that gold has gone through a serious, serious uptrend, I mean, you got to go back to the middle 2000s yeah. before you can recognize where it started to really move up. I mean, it's it's a really, really long time. And, you know, so at some point, sectors, markets, stocks, all sorts of different things get 
so oversold and they get so out of fashion and so out of favor that nobody pays attention to them that they all of a sudden become right. the, the next really cool thing. Yeah. You know, and uh, it, 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 gold is exhibiting some very interesting strengths in markets right now. And there's different ways to play it, too. Some people can play it more aggressively. There are levered gold funds that are available today. Um, again, not suggesting someone go out and do that, but if you think that, uh, you know, that this is an opportunity for some upside, um, which we do, I, 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 could, I could imagine the price of gold very easily getting back to, you know, the highs that we saw in 2018, which, you know, we're, we're somewhere in the, you know, uh, when it's all said and done, back in early 2018, we saw gold at almost $1,300 an ounce. Um, and it's and it's hit that level a number of times, going all the way back into like the the, the 2014 time range. So that's a fairly significant level for 1,300 bucks an ounce. If it breaks yeah. above that, then it's very very much changing its characteristics. But as it stands, it's acting like a sector that certainly wants to produce some uh, some interesting leadership, um, which again I I welcome. I think that that's a, a, a unique opportunity for um, for some people to kind of get back. It, Mike, I know a ton of people that are out there that years ago bought gold mm-hmm. funds or gold denominated assets or gold exchange traded funds, and and they didn't they didn't do anything with it. They just sat on it. Mm. <laughs> so they've been they're out there just kind of getting hammered in these things for years and and waiting, waiting, waiting for them to come back. That's not a great investment strategy, by the way. Typically speaking, you want to kind of minimize some of the downside when you're dealing with um, stuff like this. When you're dealing with an individual company, it can be different. You know, you can hold on to an individual company through a 20, 30, 40, sometimes 50% swoon in price, and then the next thing you know, kaboom, the stock just flies, and inside of six months it goes up 100%. That can happen with an individual company. That's not as often to happen with an exchange-traded fund, either up or down, is not often that you'll see that happen in the precious metals market. Um, so, nevertheless, semiconductors, we talked about that. That yep. sector continues to exhibit leadership. So I, I think that that's a, a, an interesting environment to deal with. Um, software. There, you take companies that focus on the development of software, and you can track this in a number of different ways, too, either exchange-traded funds or mutual funds. Um, but the software index has been a very, very strong mover from the bottom of the market, and it has developed leadership uh, in, in terms of the momentum that they've been they've been showing. Okay, question uh, there, Mr. Care for My Wealth Guy, Chris Klein. Would uh, software, that's not surprising with software, but isn't that kind of tech in a way? It is tech, yep, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, you know, obviously within tech, there's all sorts of different subsectors of tech, and software, of course, is one mm. of those subsectors. So when we talk about the grand scope of markets acting healthy by, by technology showing leadership, that, that's absolutely true, and that's absolutely what we've been, been getting. I mean, if you look at it on a, a large scale, the, the movement of the NASDAQ has been quicker than the movement of the S&P 500 or the Dow off of the lows. Well, that says that certainly the, the technology market is leading, which, again, is exactly what we'd want to see. 
But then break that down to the 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 tech only portion of the Nasdaq, because again, the Nasdaq within that that exchange has companies that might not necessarily be technology related, right? They could be, you know, some smaller pharmaceuticals. There, there could be uh, all sorts of different companies that do different things inside the Nasdaq. But mm-hmm. if you look at just the technology sector within the Nasdaq 100. That from the bottom has moved up about twenty one, twenty two percent. So you can clearly see where leadership is developed. It, it's developed within the Nasdaq itself, technology. It's developed within the tech only portion of the Nasdaq itself. It's developed within things such as software, right? It, it's developed within uh, some healthcare related items. So, um, as we've talked about, if things are going well in tech and the NASDAQ and just tech in general, then things are kind of going well. Yep. No, that, that going well for sure and, and certainly exhibiting characteristics that you would expect to see within a bull market, hmm. right? <clears throat> ordinarily, and I can't say this enough, ordinarily you, you would like to see in the midst of a market that, that, you, that is acting like a bull, if it really is, then technology should be in the lead or at least near the top. And right now, that's what we've got, having come off the lows. The other sector that's, that's performing really quite well is healthcare. Um, mm-hmm. When you look at healthcare as a sector, you know, it, it's up substantially from the lows and, uh, and has maintained its very long-term uptrend that's been in place now, really, since the market bottom of 2009. Okay. You know, uh, and, and think of healthcare for just a minute. I mean, look at all the things that are happening inside of healthcare. Well, doesn't that kind of technological advance? I was going to say, doesn't that kind of ducktail into tech a little bit? It does. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, absolutely. You can you melt pieces of technology and healthcare together. Now, granted, if you're a healthcare company developing technology to solve some of the biggest problems that people have with their health, cardiovascular disease, cancers, you name it. It's clearly still a healthcare company. They're just implementing different forms of technology to do it. Well, the quicker computers get, the smarter they get through different algorithms and, and different mm-hmm. ways in which to read how certain cells respond and react to different uh, dif- different stimulus. I mean, it gives these doctors and these these scientists new ways to break through in terms of integrating uh, disease control and, and suspension. It's it's really pretty amazing. One of these days, you're going to need a shrink, which I probably do, <laughs> but you're going to need a shrink, and it's going to be like you go to a computer, hey, can I talk about my problems, see what's going on, and the computer's going to be like, well, in order to do that, I would need to read thousands of books on mental health. And I've just done that. Let's start. You know what I mean? Because the information is going to be that quick for it. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, the, the old days of Charlie Brown and the and uh, the, the shrink box like they used to have, right? Yeah. Same thing, only way better and way faster. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny. We sit back and and kids of the uh, of the Star Trek, Star Wars type environment, yeah. which I am one, you used to sit and watch those movies and just shake your head and think, man, how cool would it be if we could do that? Yeah. I'll give you an example of that when I, I think I've told you this on the air before when the movie Spaceballs came out. Which is, yeah, 1987, which when I was a kid, I thought was the funniest movie in the history of the world. You know, they'd have teleconferences where somebody would be in a room of a spaceship or would be wherever. They'd pull up a watch 
and you'd see somebody and you'd be talking to them via video. And I remember saying to myself, this is really high-tech stuff. What if we actually have that? Well, we have that now, just on your phone. You're right. We do. I mean, the holographic images that we thought were pretty cool inside Star Wars movies, the diagnostic systems that Star Trek always used to figure out what's wrong with this person. I mean, look at the 3D imaging that we can create now with an ultrasound or the technology that you have with an MRI to just completely you know, peer inside the body at the cellular level in ways that never existed. Hey, I mean, my, my, my kid's going to look just like me. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I, it's, I don't know. The, the kind of development that we're seeing there, I think, is not only very, very cool, but such a blessing to, to um, so many people that I know are searching for answers to some of the healthcare problems that they've, they've been dealing with. So... I don't know. Yeah. Take care of yourself because the longer we live, the longer you're going to live. And I don't know, it might be some point where 120, 125 is not that big of a stretch, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. All right. We'll be back on the other side, talk about some of the Roth IRA stuff. Chris Klein with Capstone Wealth Management, a private fee-only financial planning and investment management service. You need a financial plan, they're going to build it. Then they'll help you monitor and maintain it through smart investment management to get in contact with them. It's 866-596-9886. That's 866-596-9886. You can send them an email, info at careformywealth.com. That's info at careformywealth.com. This is Muddy Talks with Capstone Wealth Management. This is Money Talks with Capstone Wealth Management, bringing life back into balance with a more thoughtful approach to wealth management on the Big 1070, 1070 AM and 100.9 FM. Mike Pilch, along with Chris Klein of Capstone Wealth Management. They're a private fee-only financial planning and investment management service. You need a financial plan, they're going to build it. Then they'll help you monitor and maintain it through smart investment management. To get in contact with them, you can do so via phone at 866-596-9886. That's 866-596-9886. And send them an email, info at careformywealth.com. That's info at careformywealth.com. .com. So what's this Roth IRA information you've got? Because this can affect a lot of people. Well, so, look, I oftentimes sit back and think of the things that could have been, and I know there are a number of people that when they come to see us um, sometimes don't even like to get started because they think they've just messed up. Yeah, like I can believe missed, that. You know, they've missed the boat. and They don't I mean, want to think of the investments and the money they maybe lost. Yeah, I get it. Or didn't do because they didn't start early enough. I mean, yep. you know, look, it's, I think it's fair to say that there's a ton of things that all of us would do differently if we could go back. Sure. Not the least of which maybe is save even earlier. It's what you learn. It's what I mean, you learn after you know it all that counts. It is. And, and, and nobody does it perfect, period. There just, there is no one I have ever met, myself included, that has ever done things perfectly when it comes to dealing with you know, with saving for retirement. And, and but if, if there were things that we could go back and do better or, or more effectively, one of those things would definitely be Roth IRAs. Um, to find a way in which to be able to utilize the tax code to your benefit in a tax-efficient, in this case, tax-free manner, is a super positive environment. And so the people that I'm talking to right now are going to be Parents who have kids, you know, really 
really help them understand the value of starting a Roth IRA, consistently contributing to it, letting it work for themselves for a number of years. Why them? Because they don't need, for the most part, the income tax savings that a contribution to a traditional IRA is going to give you. They don't. They haven't hit their peak earnings yet. They haven't even hit earnings for crying out loud. Right. They're just slowly getting started. And I get it. I can hear lots of people right now saying, "Yeah, but those kids are using it all for college." Yeah, maybe so. But as soon as they're done, they're going to have an opportunity to get themselves budgeted correctly, right? So. I just want to make sure that I can stress the value of what these Roth IRAs can do when you start considering what it might look like 20, 30, 40 years from now, and you have the capacity for distributions from an account with no income tax. I don't know what the future of our income tax scenario is going to look like, Mike, but if we, if we continue to get people that get into office that think that everything should be free, free college, free health care, free this, free that, then guys like you and me who are working people are going to end up paying the bill heavily, right? You, you can't have it that way. So what I would suspect is that if somebody does have these kinds of assets in place, because there's trillions in it to this point, it would be very, very, very hard for them to just automatically change the way that they're taxed. Mm-hmm. Now, could they potentially change the way they treat the taxation of certain kinds of income when it comes out of the Roth. Yeah, of course. We know that politicians can blow the smoke and move the mirrors and Mm -hmm. do all sorts of funky things with the rules. But at the same time, what we have to recognize is that the laws and the rules that we have to deal with right now is what we have to deal with right now. Yep, right? right. I get it. Yep. And unlike virtually all other tax-advantaged retirement accounts that exist in the United States, Roth IRAs, and and Roth 401ks, too. I mean, there are a number of 401ks that I'm aware of. We have several that we manage for clients that have a traditional component and a Roth component. And so for some families, it may make sense for them to defer into the Roth component of the 401k versus the traditional, but you've got to look at that individually. Um, but at any rate, you, when you consider the, the Roth IRAs, they're funded with post-tax dollars, right? You don't get an income tax break when you contribute to it like you would a traditional 401K or a traditional IRA. Mm-hmm. But again, when you start taking those distributions, all of the money that's ready to come out of these things, presuming you're over 59 and a half, have no tax liability on it. Now, some people say, man, I want to get started, but... I'm nervous I might need that money. Oh, man, I, 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 I want to put a few thousand bucks a year into it, but I'm right on the edge, and, and I just never know if I'm going to need a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? With a Roth IRA, your contributions always, 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 always have the ability, under current law anyways, to come out without any tax. You didn't take a tax benefit to put it there, so you don't have any tax penalty to get it back out, Right. The other element that is very valuable for Roth IRAs is that they do not have a required minimum distribution. What is that? Well, people that have a regular IRA, when they hit 70 and a half, actually the rule is April 1st of the year after the year you hit 70 and a half. Why is nothing ever easy with the government? (laughs) Why can't they just say, hey, you're 70? 
Good news. By April first, you got to take a distribution. No, uh, comp- that's a fair question. Yeah, instead you got to do math. They got to complicate it. So, at any rate, when you hit seventy and a half, we'll just use that generally speaking. The government tells you that you have to start taking money out of your IRA, whether you need it or not. Mm-hmm. And when it comes out of that IRA, you are in the fortunate position to be able to pay income taxes on that distribution. Oh, yay. Now, for some people, maybe they didn't accumulate much of their wealth inside IRAs, so a required distribution isn't going to mean much. But I can tell you the vast majority of the baby boom generation mm-hmm. and those right now at least 70 or under have piles of money pent up in tax-deferred retirement accounts such as individual IRAs and 401Ks. And if they've done that, fantastic. You've hit retirement successfully with with a good pile of money to sustain your needs in retirement, but you're going to pay income tax on the distributions, number one. And number two, when you hit 70 and a half, if what you're taking from them is not as much as the government says you should take, you're going to have to take more, mm. right? And you get to pay income tax on it. Roth IRAs don't have that, right? They also give you the ability to pass those funds on to the kids or grandkids or whoever you want, and they don't have to pay income taxes on the distributions either. Mm-hmm. So, so it's an incredibly, uh, uh, it's an incredibly powerful tool that, when used appropriately and when used with balance can create an environment for your retirement planning that can really supercharge it a number of years down the road, right? So it's a, it, it's a tool that I think gets underused today, and there are many instances where you can make conversions. And I'll give you a quick example. Mm-hmm. The new tax law provides for a fairly substantial standard deduction. There are a number of seniors that I'm aware of that don't use all of the deductions that are provided to them by way of either the standard deduction or, in some cases, because they've got large charitable contributions and things of that nature, yeah. they don't use all of their, their, their itemized deductions. Well, if they have an IRA, traditional IRA, there is a way that you can convert some of those funds from an IRA to a Roth IRA, which ordinarily would be an income-taxable event, but if we've got unused deductions, either from an unused standard deduction due to the new tax law or unused itemized deductions, well, then we get to chew those up and not pay tax and yet get it to the Roth. What's the effect of that? You've just created an environment where you took an asset that if something should happen to you, your kids would get to pay taxes on it at mm-hmm. their rate mm-hmm. and converted it into a tax-free asset that they would get and no one pays tax on it. It's a great strategy for the right people under the right sets of circumstances. And so I, I just I really want to implore people to take some time, look into how these Roth IRAs may or may not benefit them. We have a calculator and a strategy system that we utilize for someone who thinks that it might fit them. And so it's a cool little spreadsheet that I can plug in some basic numbers and show, hey, look, if you converted this, here's what it would look like. Here's how it would show you down the road. For some people, it doesn't make sense. Maybe their heirs mm-hmm. uh, are are uh, maybe heirs are all charities. I, I know of certainly several people that we've had the opportunity to work for who either chose to not have kids or their kids are super wealthy and you know they're employing mom and dad to gift funds into other areas. I mean, 
there's all sorts of reasons why someone might not make a Roth conversion make sense, right? Okay. It just depends. So you got to take some time and look at that. But I would implore people to spend a little bit of time learning more about this strategy and whether or not it makes sense for them and their benefit mm-hmm. and, and how you can implement it appropriately. All right. We'll be back. Chris will have some final thoughts on the other side. This is Muddy Talks with Capstone Wealth Management. Mike Pilch, Chris Klein with you. Money Talks with Capstone Wealth Management. Just a couple of minutes. Chris, your parting thoughts for this week. Parting thoughts is that markets continues to markets continue to look healthy, especially after the Fed's no decision uh, this past week, um, or I should say decision to not raise rates, but more importantly, uh, discuss flexibility with their, their balance sheet. I, I do think that that's probably one, probably one of the more valuable elements mm-hmm that have come out over the past week. Um, The fact that China has said that they are going to move to purchase heavily U.S. assets, um, to me, points to the fact that they're serious about negotiations and and of all the hubbub that we hear uh, about it not happening, it it certainly, to me, is more positive than negative when you hear the Chinese saying stuff like that. Mm. Sectors continue to lead that should be leading within the midst of a bull market. Technology, tech only, some of the healthcare stuff, semiconductors, software, all these kinds of things continue to, at least for us, suggest that the worst is behind us and that we have, uh, I'm going to say, some clear skies ahead of us. Certainly there'll be some turbulence along the way, but um, I think much better than what it looked like even just six, uh, four weeks ago, much less six weeks ago. All right, to get in contact with them, 866-596-9886 or info at careformywealth.com. He is Chris Klein. I am Mike Pilch. Have a good and safe week. This is Money Talks with Capstone Wealth Management. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.